0: Hi,
1: hi, how are you?
0: I'm doing all right. How about you?
1: I'm doing great. I'm really excited. I'm always excited. I say (laughs) that every week. I say that every week, but it's true. I get excited when we do another podcast.
0: It's true. Yes. And you're a busy guy these days.
1: uh, There's always fun things to do. I always try to find an outlet for this creative energy that I have. And (laughs) most of the time, it's stuff that fails. And (laughs) every once in a while, something something fun comes out of it
0: which is pretty amazing and so for those of you listeners who may not know jeff and his band have a new cd coming out very very soon which we will absolutely in a very uh i don't know narcissistic way we're gonna absolutely share the link we are on our page (laughs) so jeff is making music doing podcasts appearing on other podcasts i mean jeff's a busy and He's got lots of grandkids and kids and a wife and tortoises and all sorts of fun things that take up his time. Life. Busy guy. Busy
1: guy. Uh, Oh, and a job. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's that. There's that.
0: (laughs) And a job. All right, Jeff. So tell everybody what we're doing this week.
1: I'm excited because we're welcoming back our good friend, Joy Milam. So we're welcoming Joy back to, I know her as Joy. Yes so we're welcoming welcoming her back as a guest host uh, to talk about her favorite muffs album and mine blonde and blonder and
0: who else
1: and we're pushing ronnie out of the co-host seat into the hot seat
0: ah exactly where we love to have ronnie
1: yeah so it's an album focus yeah episode about this record right here so with
0: special guest stars so let's get started
1: let's do it
0: hi this is saraya
1: and this is jeff
0: our podcast is called paisley stage raspberry and rhyme
1: a podcast where the two of us play music that we like and share anecdotes and background about the tunes.
0: we hope you'll join our conversation and without further ado agroviar
1: let's get groovy, 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 groovy. All right, and here's Joy, so I'll let Joy in. All right, co-host Joy. With the most. Milam, bring on the Joy.
0: We all want the Joy. How come my picture's not there? You gotta turn on your video. Turn. It is,
2: I turned it on.
1: You look like you're in heaven.
2: <laughs> That's because I'm such an angel.
3: <laughs> no comment. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: Hey
0: Ronnie, how's the lighting? Hey. How's the lighting? It only
3: brings out your good side.
2: You you have a um, a beautiful glow to you.
3: Ah, oh, hey Joy, been a while. Hey, I <laughs> know. How are you? I'm okay. Sorry to be late. Sarai is usually the late one, so uh, it's me today. Sorry about that. <laughs> Boom.
2: It's all right. I just
3: got
1: here. <laughs> Call calling us out already. Coming in strong. Hey
3: Ronnie. Uh, I know. Sorry. Coming in hot. Are we being taped
1: we are we
3: are you can introduce me then go ahead
1: <laughs> all right Soraya, this is all you <laughs> I, I,
0: you know it goes without saying the one and only the man the myth the mystery johnny barnett
3: <laughs> yeah. hey everybody hey not Great a, co-host. To be here as a guest
1: this, i know a guest the focus Just weird all eyes yeah. are on you. Yeah, because we need more information about this record, right? I'm so,
0: straight.
1: Hey, we got to give credit where ah. credit is due. This this is Joy's idea um, for Yay. the to this album. So um, Joy, I think, Aww. like me, this is your favorite Muffs album, right? It
2: is, yeah.
3: Oh, I've heard yeah. of it. I've heard of this record.
2: Yeah, well, you know, we all <laughs> had problems picking our favorites off of here because I'm like, there's like, they're all my favorites. So, and then Jeff's like, well, you pick first. And I was like, ah, <laughs> I didn't know what to pick.
3: Right, yeah, no, I, I haven't heard it in a while. And I, I I didn't listen, but I looked and like, it's pretty solid. I gotta say it's a pretty solid collection. It if is. I stand back and look it at it a as a- It is a
2: solid <laughs> album, for sure. So
3: it's,
1: it was the Muffs second full length album, right? And the first as a three piece? Yes. First with Ronnie, I mean, sorry, no. first with Roy. <laughs> yeah from the beginning <laughs> yeah so first with roy um in the band first full length in 1995
3: is when i yeah came out. yeah um yeah a lot i guess i should uh do a brief uh kind of leading up to this record um uh I, I will start by saying yeah this is our this is a favorite of many people it's our best-selling record oh. um uh i'll get well i'll get to that we, we started as a four-piece and we uh just to just to do it real quick, uh, we got signed to Warner Brothers super quick, and we made a record, and, and it was a four piece, and, and a, you know it did okay. But uh, but in the meantime, our AR guy, we had two A and R guys, but our A and R guy Rob Cavallo, who produced our first record, along with our other A and R guy Dave Katz Nelson, first record Rob ever produced. Well, the second record Rob produced, and the band he signed after us, was a band called Green Day. Uh, and they made a record called Dookie, yes, um, <laughs> which, uh, I don't, it's not news or anything, but it blew up huge and, um,
2: did pretty well.
3: And, uh, yeah, and green day, I, I'll say besides having our A&R guy, our label, they, they adopted our management, our booking agent, um, our, our, you know, person who did the paperwork. Um, so, so, um yeah so so after green day blew up um things were were kind of uh, things were kind of working to uh the spotlight being putting on put on us next so um so yeah we we leading up to that we 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 switched from warner Brothers to reprise uh records which is the same umbrella at the time or probably still is um but but it's, it, it what it meant, basically meant is different people working your records so um I gotta say it's one of the last uh, decisions that Lenny Warrenker, the uh, famous record exec, made before he left Warner Brothers. Wow. Um, but yeah, so so we switched to reprise so we could work with the same radio people that worked Green Day and you know all that. And uh, so yeah, this was uh, as I said in the liner notes in this, I believe that this was our big swing, and um, and yeah, we we you know on the way there, um, the original lineup. Fell apart first with Chris, our drummer, quitting after the first tour for our first record, uh, which means Chris quit about two months after the record came out. Um, we got another drummer, um, uh, my you know best friend Jim Espiza, came in. We toured the world with Jim for another year, and um, and yeah, when it came time to uh, kind of think about the next record. Um, you know, uh, this is, there's a couple of painful things leading up to this lineup, but um yeah, Roy was always supposed to be in the band. We asked Roy to be our drummer when we first formed and, um, and Roy will tell you this, to be honest, the, uh, the prospect at the time of a band of two ex-Pandoras who were switching instruments and one of their boyfriends is playing bass was not the, not the most uh, attractive <laughs> offer at the time. Um, uh you know, and Roy just had a baby and he ended up moving to Texas for a while. So his life kind of took him that way for a while. But, um, yeah, when it came time to think about the next record, um, we, we asked Roy back and he was willing, he flew out, did the audition, uh, which he didn't need to do and, and, and moved back to California, got him back to California, got him in the band. Um, and we were four piece for about, I don't know, six months or so with, 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 Me, Kim, Melanie and Roy, that's our, that's our short lived, uh, lineup. And, uh, yeah, when it, when it came time to, to record, um, just things. Yeah. I'll just say things weren't, weren't, um, going well personally or, or professionally, uh, and, uh, there's some changes that had to be made. I, at the time I was kind of freaked out. I didn't, I, I I'm resistant to change and I, you know you know, wish it would have worked out differently, but, um, it didn't. So three piece, we became, I love
2: this three piece lineup. It is to me. I mean, that's no disrespect or anything on anybody that's come before, but for me, this three piece is just so solid and the chemistry and everything just really works.
3: Well, yeah, no fate, fate came into play there. We didn't mean to be a three piece. In fact, when we went to record the record. And I hate if I'm getting ahead of your your questions. I'm sorry. Um, when well, we went in to record the record. We thought, well, we'll record the record as a three piece, and we'll find somebody else. We'll audition and get somebody else. And what happened? Again, Green Day steps in. We got an offer to open for Green Day at the Palladium, um, and we couldn't turn that down. So we're like, well, let's just do it as a three piece. And um, so we took the gig, and we played a a, a warm up show the night before at uh, this club called Hell's Gate. This um, awful club that was at yucca and Kawanga, which at the time was the most dangerous intersection in the united states uh oh. now it's probably a little different but uh yeah yeah no so we played under a different name like anybody would care um we played under the name killing grandma oh. <laughs> and uh i don't know where that came from i, I wish uh <laughs> <laughs> i wish kim was around well for many reasons but she could probably tell. I, I don't remember why we came up with that but uh yeah, we played as a three-piece, and then we did this big show at the Palladium, and we were kind of like, you know what, this is kind of, this is kind of, sure, you missed the extra guitar here and there, but like, uh, this kind of works well, it's kind of more rocking, um, and a three-piece, we we became, so. You,
0: super good. Were you all done with the album when you got the offer to open for Green Day?
3: No, no, it was in the middle of recording, so we had to, uh, I don't know, <laughs> take a day off or two from recording, but yeah, yeah. no, it was in the middle. We were not on schedule to play. It was just one of those gigs that comes up that you couldn't, again, we couldn't turn down. So, and that's the only time we ever played with green day. So, yep. Wow. But yeah, joy, thank you. I mean, the three pieces, what we became, and that's what we remained the remaining, you know, 24 years of our career. Um, yeah. And that's the three piece lineup is what defines us. Uh, you know, things got more dynamic and, and, you know, it, it that's, yeah,
0: <laughs> it works a hundred percent the energy thank you, the energy of the three of you it's like uh, I don't know it, literally it's like containing
3: a storm in a bottle,
0: oh no, no. Yeah.
3: and I had to uh I had to kind of well, we all kind of except for Roy, who's a <laughs> you know fine musician, but you know we we had to tighten up, especially me being a three piece I had to uh I had to uh I had to make sure I was more solid and not, you know, fall into the crowd. You know, you know what I mean? Just do yeah. dumb stuff like I used to do. Um, well, I continue to do for a while, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, anybody knows our early like lineup? The dumb stuff too. Well, yeah, yeah, no, no. I mean, I would, I'd have to defend myself from getting hit with a guitar and stuff. And you know, <laughs> uh, things happen the The early lineup was very, very messy at times and, uh, very loud. And, um, yeah, we continue to be loud for a while too, but uh, we gradually learned how to uh, harness things and make, make things better. Um, you can always tell when you're loud because the crowd is just staring at you and not moving and, <laughs> you know, in shock, in <laughs> shock processing. And that said, you know, you got to turn up to get that tone, that guitar tone and stuff. But we, turn, we learned <laughs> by the end of the next 24, 25 years, we learned how to. Uh, <laughs> How to how to harness that. Nice. So
1: I want to learn more about this recording team. But is it okay if we take a break and listen to a song off this? Absolutely. Um. You're running
3: the show, not me. <laughs>
1: All right. So, uh, Soraya, what do you think? What do we play first?
0: I let's start with Onina.
1: All right. So I decided to pick Onina as one of my two songs, and um I think we should listen to it first. But. I'd like to learn more about who Nina is. I think I have a an idea, but maybe after we listen to this you can if you know you could share a little bit about it.
0: He knows. But we'll
3: talk we'll talk we'll after. Talk
0: after. Oh Nina, yeah. I can tell.
3: Hit it. <laughs> oh Ronnie. <laughs>
0: Before we get started, yep. damn, this song. This song is so good. And kid is ridiculously amazing
1: on it. Jeff, why'd you pick on Nina? It's just so catchy. and I feel like a lot of these songs kind of have like a 50s melody kind of feel to it, where it's, it's really catchy, but pumped up on. We were talking about being high on Girl Scout cookies. I, I could just imagine uh, a bunch of coffee, and but they're just so catchy. And I, these are songs that are, almost all of these are earworms after I listen to this. And um, this one definitely gets stuck in my head a lot. And I noticed that the two that I pick um, are two of the screamy
3: songs, so. <laughs> <laughs> it is a fair representation of uh, Kim's scream, uh, that song. Well, Jeff, I mean, Jeff, you hit the nail on the head a, a bit there, I mean, Kim, 50s 60s mercy Beat songwriting I mean that's what Kim loved people the people assume that she listened to the Ramones and Joan Jett all day but she did not um she listened to Herman's Hermits and the early kinks you know she didn't like the kinks past like 68 you know what I mean like Kim she she that's what she loved so our yeah how about the who is she influenced by the who I mean yes she liked the who but um um to be honest, like, that's not what she, she didn't play that stuff in the van like me and Roy, you know what I mean? Like she, 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 she liked that Mercy, but she liked the Honeycombs and, you know, yeah. uh, the Gants, you know, these uh, obscurity Mercy Beat 60s bands. I mean, um, you know, so, so yeah, her, her, uh, underneath all that screaming and fuzz and stuff, yeah, uh, there is a, a a very melodic um pop song under there and and, um this one's not necessarily the best example of this but you know um and then she added her her uh her thing which was like uh funny chords in there chord progressions that aren't normal i mean a lot of our stuff is deceptively simple sounding but it's not again this one is not so complex but uh uh, this is a fan favorite look there are looking at the record there are three songs we played every show after this record, or even before the record came out. And this is one of them. Oh. And, um, you know, Onina's always in there, uh, you know, uh, it's the one that um, before, this is well before Kim was in the Pixies, uh, they had asked Kim to fill in for Kim Dio for this benefit. And um, it was only like four songs and they were gonna do, one of the four songs is gonna be a Muff song and they chose to do Onina. Oh, so, wow. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And that one is not on YouTube. You can see like another one that Kim did. Uh, but yeah, the Pixies played Onina and I wasn't able to get a ticket and get in and I have not heard it. So, uh, <laughs> so did Kim sing it or did Frank Black sing it? Uh, no, I think, uh, I think uh, you know, Charles, Frank, Black, <laughs> whatever you want to call him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, he, he, he sang it. So he would have done The Scream. Wow. I think, I, I'm pretty sure on that. Cool. I'm pretty sure Kim didn't sing it. But yeah, that was her. Her first time <laughs> playing with the Pixies, little knowing she'd end up in the band. But uh-huh. um, but yeah, Oh Nina is a yeah. I mean, it's it's for for better or worse. Uh, <laughs> it's one of our one of our main. Songs. Is Nina a person? Nina's not a nina per- Nina's fictional. Um, it's funny in retrospect. People are like, "Well, it's about Nina Gordon." We didn't know Nina Gordon at the time. We we, we met them on the tour for this record. Uh, That's what I had heard too. Uh, yeah. So I think Nina just rhymed with Pasadena. I, you know, <laughs> again, I, I don't. There's not like a heavy narrative going on there. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was Nina Gordon too. Is what... Yeah. No. No. I. In the, the fact, somebody just wrote that, and it's just like, no, not, not yet. But uh, you know, again, after we became after we toured and became like best friends with veruca salt i mean uh yeah we would joke about it all the time and uh, and yeah even write gordon on a set list every now and then <laughs> i love just that. to amuse ourselves Oh, yeah,
4: Gordon!
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> i love that can we talk about the recording team that recorded blonde and blonder
3: please so- blonder and blonder jeff Oh,
2: everybody says
3: blonde and blonder. <laughs> it's a, which makes it a cross between blonde on blonde. Blonder, blonder. and blonder. It's clearly there, clearly there. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, as long as you refer to it as something, I'm fine with that. Um, <laughs> as long as you
2: refer to it. Yeah,
3: no, we, no, need, no, to, no, um, we uh, need to get it
1: right. Yeah. Right, Soraya? We need to get this right. Always. Soraya, let's of forgetting things right, I'm, I always just throw things out there. <laughs> but um, no no please I, i'd love to talk about the production team um yeah so jerry finn right and neil king did i get the names right
3: yeah um well it was produced by by rob cavallo and um i think it says the yeah and the muffs and, and when you see the muffs on this production credit it means kim mainly i mean uh, i would show up and eat you know <laughs> red vines and uh you know the meals and, and watch tv and play ping pong um I'm not the best studio. I'm not what you call a studio rat. Um, But yeah. um, um, So Rob, you know, produced it again. um, And, and, and he had met Jerry Finn to engineer it. I think I'm pretty sure all of Dookie, if not most of Dookie Uh, and, and we hit it off and they hit it off and then we met Jerry and we totally hit it off. Jerry Finn was the, the greatest guy to work with. He had all these terms, like he'd run the drums through what he called the Finulator and uh, just always joking i you know and, and jerry went on um after i'll say after this it was really after dookie to become a producer in his own right and he produced like the four big blink 182 records and he went on to work with morrissey on his last records and jerry um sadly passed away um probably about 10 years ago now at a you know age 40 or 42 of a very rare you know heart ailment and um and just, yeah, so sad because his career was really going, you know, he, it's funny. And Joey is so humble um, when he left his, his second engineering job, you know, he was like, look, if when this, when this is over, this whole hype thing, I'd like my job back uh, being an engineer <laughs> here at the studio. So that's kind of guy Jerry was. And then, um, yeah, Neil King, um, if you look up Neil King, Neil King was a English guy who who assisted engineering on things like trust by Elvis Costello and East side story by squeeze and Dr. Feelgood's a case of the shakes and, and, just all these great records that I love. And, um, again, that's another guy, um, that Rob met up in, uh, up in the Bay area. And, uh, Neil King still checks in and says, hi. And, and um, yeah, just an honor to see his name on our record, you know, that's incredible. So, wow. yeah. And then, uh, she also mentioned Sally Browder, who recorded a lot of the guitar overdubs. Sally's a uh, was a great engineer and um and uh she ended up working with a lot of the epitaph acts. She ended up becoming a producer as well. Um, so yeah, all these people uh springboarded to uh bigger things. Uh, <laughs> according including Rob. Rob ended up winning a Grammy for his, you know, production work later for Alanis Morissette and 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 you know. Became a producer, basically, uh, instead of an R guy. So um, yeah, I, I wow. what a crew. Yeah. that's why the record yeah. sounds that's why the record sounds so good, right? You know? Yeah, it sounds amazing. And uh and, and Kim, you know, we always had to like get our say in there. So Kim, you know, taking that production credit was very important to her. That's why we were never produced by like Andy Johns. We never hired like a big producer, you know. A big producer. We uh, Kim always liked to to have her say in there, and that was important to her. And and you know, the, the major label the major label years were were great for us. You know, um, so no one ever like asked us to like re get you know remix for radio and all that kind of thing. That said, we didn't you know really get on the radio. You know, we could have done things maybe to 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 help it along like that, but you know the the records don't sound trendy or or of their time you know what i mean yeah. they're uh, i hate to use the word timeless because it sounds uh so you know grand but they're, they're, it's they're true pretty... though it's... they
2: still stand up you know yeah. they still stand and are relevant so yeah no
3: no especially this record yeah everything yeah everything because there are some things on the first album that, that sound of their time things like better than me and you know things sound grungy and you know, maybe not the best song in the world, but uh, yeah, no, everything everything kind of came together for this record. That debut is great too, but I prefer
1: blonder and blonder. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Soraya, but you want to talk about the single from the album? Well. Right, there is a single. Okay, so
0: I I'm think. next, I guess. Okay, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> let's take, we'll talk about it after. Let's listen to Sad Tomorrow. i love ronnie oh good so you know okay we've got people just think of kim and the scream and the intensity but then you've got these sweet melodies and you have all these different musical traditions influences coming in because then you have songs that have like a definite country western tone to it you know very kind of mellow and so you guys just run the whole gamut you got uh, See, so Kat wanted to be a part of it. Um, it. I. This is why I think this album shows so much of the range of the band, but also of Kim's songwriting, because two minutes, two minutes, and nine seconds, sad tomorrow, boom. And listen to this line, right? So this, just these three lines. When I do as I please, I'm no different to me. Am I crazy or have good luck?
3: Beautiful. I love this song. That is, that is a good line. I've never, I I don't hear the lyrics. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> i played that song hundreds of times. I had no, that is a good, that's a good line. It's a fantastic? Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Thanks for noticing, Soraya. Yeah, I mean, if I was to play a definitive, uh, you know, what do the muffs sound like? I mean, this would be a perfect song. And um, like you say, it's 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 all two minutes and nine seconds. It's got, people would always be like, well, your songs are so short. And uh, we'd be like, look there's like three three verses you know two verses three choruses you know a bridge an ending um <laughs> so I really to weird chords
0: you, i wanted to ask you though was that just kim's style of or like she just felt she didn't need to make a song go on longer than she felt it was
3: right or the, the band yeah, that yeah no that's 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 her whole style yeah i mean um um yeah, I, I j- just, no, no frills. I, I mean, I know uh, as a live act, we grew later to kind of have a few songs where we would stretch out if you will. Um, but, um, yeah, no frills, no, no, nothing. You don't need, you know, no fat. Um, yeah. And that song, you know, I, I mean, that's another one that we played every, every show from henceforth and, um, and yeah, it's got those our funny chord progressions and the, a weird chord thrown in the end of the solo you know chord is that what it's called your sixth
2: chord yeah thank
3: you yeah 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 okay, so there, i gotta
2: there. i gotta just give my little two cents here i had was talking to so i made my picks jeff made me pick first and i made my picks but then i was waffling around and sarai's so like well i'm not gonna pick until tomorrow and so i talked to her we were talking privately about other things but i talked to her and i'm like well what are your picks i, I said And she goes, well, you can switch. You can switch one if you want. And I'm like, well, if you're not going to pick, if no one's going to pick Sad Tomorrow, I may switch. And she's like, I'm thinking about that one. So I wanted to make sure that somebody talked about it because it's such a good song. And that sixth chord and that last note that she ends on just sends me right back to the end of that chord and she loves you. Right?
0: there's a oh. Beatles
2: vibe in this song yeah yeah and then here's something else that's really weirdly connected with me too is it's no secret that my favorite um, you know Mod LA band is the question and Tony Rugolo and Phil Cusimano wrote a song called Love You Girl and that last note in Sad Tomorrow is what influenced and inspired Phil for the music for that song love you girl and I thought that was really interesting too he bought the album heard it and went ah I love that And of course he's a Beatles fan too but decided you know love you girl and it kind of has this goes off that that note
3: you had to get a plug in for the question here didn't you (laughs) I thought we were
2: Yeah, no, but, off, but but look, you in, it inspired like no, a no, whole
3: I other- <laughs> I love the story. I'm just kidding. I, first of all, I want to hear more about these private conversations, but, you know, maybe later. Um, Easy uh, dishes, they're boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. Um, um, no, I also want to um, point out, um, this is a great representation of the drumming of Roy McDonald. But, uh, let's give it up for Roy, because, um, I mean, Roy, it's, yeah. Roy's drumming it really stands out on this one, as it does on everything. But you know what I'm saying. And I um, also say when I was talking earlier about how this is our big kind of swing, uh, this is the song that we did a video that cost sixty thousand um, dollars. It was directed by Green Days, the guy who did like Basket Case and all the all the Dookie videos. His name was Mark Core, K-O-H-R. I, if I'm mispronouncing that, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, you know you can still see this video it's a great it's a great video it's, a, it's shot in a pawn shop the pawn shop was open while we did it oh. um and it's all one shot everything changes in this one shot so that's why things just move boom 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 but it's the same if you pick up on it, it's the same background and things are just happening and a couple of things were hired the mariachi bands cameo they were hired and uh but the guy with the violin, he was a regular that would come in. This is a pawn shop in Hollywood on Santa Monica Boulevard. He would come in and pawn his, his violin every day. So we we're like, hey, you want to be in the video? And uh he got in the video. So that was really fun. Yeah. Is the pawn shop still still in existence? It is. And um, I'll have to get back to you with the name of it. Um there's another I was just curious, another band um who I've again I've forgotten their name a couple of years ago, um, wrote me and they did a video in that same pawn shop. Um, as an homage to our video, which is nice. Oh. So, yeah.
0: I, just, I love all these links to them. Oh movie. yeah,
3: no, a lot. All a these, all a of lot these was happening so um, this year for us. I mean, uh, uh, I don't wanna get off topic with the record, but I mean, when we toured this record and we got the call from Amy Heckerling wanting us to do a song for Clueless. And um, we were on the road. Of course they needed it yesterday, right? Um, and we were given the choice between kids in america and all by myself by eric uh, eric carmen um please tell me there's a demo of you guys doing all by myself i wish i could say there was Soraya. i mean i love the song uh, um but yeah. yeah we weren't gonna the muffs weren't gonna yeah. do a great version of all by myself so um <laughs> so we chose kids in america and we did it um while we were on tour in in New York City, we we scheduled an additional day off, and um, we did it at Electric Lady Studios, the place Hendrix built, and um, you know that's the thing about our career. There's all these just like cool things like that, like wow, we recorded an Electric Lady. Wow, we did this. We you know we we did a Aaron Spelling. Oh, let me get back to Kids in America. So so we did Kids in America, and I just want to add the the person who did ended up doing all by myself was Jewel. Before she was a before her record took off, and the and her song didn't even make the soundtrack, didn't even make the record. It's barely in the film, and uh, wow. as you as everyone probably knows, "Kids in America" is like the theme of, of Clueless. So, um, uh,
0: where's the gold album? Where's the album?
3: Sorry, it's platinum. Platinum. Um, sorry, forgive me. I'll get it if you wish. <laughs>
0: He's in his boom boom room. Yes. I can see that. <laughs> no, I mean. You, when you got a platinum record, you got to show that sucker off. There it is. Look at that baby boy. Oh my Bam.
1: Oh my gosh. Look at that.
0: The beautiful thing.
1: Yes. The gorgeous
3: yeah. thing. Sorry. Yes. And if I may, have I told the story about us actually getting that award? Have I told the story Please. on this podcast share. before? Um, you shared it here so, I want you to share it again. Okay. Okay. So let's so, you know, the album went gold really quick. It was gold. And I, I would always tell our, our our manager, like, can we please get the gold record award? I'd love to have it, right? But soundtracks on Capitol. God, this is another related story. You know, we're on reprise. The soundtracks on Capitol. Kids in America should have been a single. It would have been our, it's kind of our hit single that wasn't a single, right? But um, the labels could not get it together because we're a reprise act and why should we sell something on capital? So it never became a proper single. Um, anyway, went gold for years. I was like, you know, I, I, I really want this gold record. It couldn't happen. I got, you know, all these excuses. So years ago, you know, the band knew I wanted it. They were going to give it to me if there was only one, right? Um, so cut to the 20 year anniversary. So this is like six years ago, five years ago. Um, they're releasing Clueless soundtrack on vinyl for the first time and we get a call from Universal who owns it now um, asking if we'd be willing to do press Uh, and we're like sure of course so I write the publicist and say look I've got a great idea this is me this is is how my head works I got got a great idea we've never met Kim Wilde Kim Wilde Kim Wilde presents us with our gold record it'd be a great press angle right she's like she watched back says, first off, it's platinum now. And uh, secondly, she lives in England, but, you know, I don't know. I, I'll keep it in mind. You no know, good idea. Whatever. Okay, cut to about three months later. Um, We're going to offer to be on this VH1 morning show called Morning Joe, I believe. Not Morning Joe. Whatever. What's it called? Was it Cup of Joe? I don't know. So, something, some yeah, because yeah. Joe's in my head. You might be right. it was hosted by nick lachey and um from 98 degrees he was married to jessica simpson they had that reality show if you guys remember i remember newlyweds yeah newlyweds poor nick anyway um um so we got offered (laughs) they wanted us to play kids in america live right which we had never done like we back in the day we kind of attempted it and we'd always it would always fall apart after the first chorus because we it's so different from our regular songwriting right because there's none of those funny chords and, and stuff and uh so we never played it live and uh so we had to learn it um so i wrote the publicist in advance i go i got a great idea they present us with our platinum record on the show and she's like oh yeah you know whatever we'll keep it in mind suits me under the rug we get there we play the song and we're being interviewed and um irma we're being interviewed and and I see the box and I'm like, oh my God, we're going to get it. And Nick Lachey presents us with our platinum record. (laughs) And uh, I raised it above my head in triumph. And um, we all got them and stuff. And uh, I think Kim kept hers under her bed. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) without me being the squeaky wheel, we would not have that platinum record. And that show went off the air, the morning show, like about three months later. So. You got your record and you're preserved on video being presented with it by Nick Lachey.
1: That's awesome. Yes.
3: I never thought it would be Nick Lachey to present Ooh. it to us, but it did. And yeah, we have this record. So, um, that is awesome. I love it. Do we it have so an Irma sighting? We're getting back to blonder and blonder. Ah, she just clawed at me. Oh, come here. Oh, come here. Before I need an Irma make an
4: appearance. That's my girl!
3: Look
1: at
3: that, She said, if you're trotting out the yeah. platinum record, yeah. I come to. No, she tends to so just before, my back and my legs. Yeah, while I'm doing this.
1: Before we move away from Sad Tomorrow, I have this stack of muff singles here. <laughs> One of them is Sad Tomorrow, which has a B-side that's not on Blonder and Blonder. And that CD single has two songs, if I am if I remember correctly. Do you know if they were songs that were recorded in the same session? So this one's Goodnight Now. And then there was another one. Yep. Do you happen to recall all recorded the same session? They
3: were recorded this they were they were. We actually had two we actually had to outtake songs. And uh we probably recorded them for that that purpose, you know. Um Okay. But yeah, they recorded the same sessions and uh, that's our yeah, our English single. There's a there's a CD single, but there's not a 12-inch single. I wish there was. Um yeah um but um yeah and and red there you go red vinyl red yeah. vinyl before you know back when it wasn't so trendy now everything's on colored vinyl i love colored um, vinyl. <laughs> and ronnie yeah, you have no, a little no, hole all, You're rec- oh, it's got a little oh, hole we have, a little, we have the little hole thank you jeff uh, okay. um yeah i think uh i think uh, i think most english singles in that era had the little hole not the big one um I would say that was, that was more common just as a record nerd um, speaking. Um, But yeah, we had the, we had the English, you know, single with a non-MP B-size. That was a dream come true too. And, and, and the, uh, it was released in vinyl over there. Um, Our first album was not released on vinyl at the time, Uh, but, but Blonder actually got a, uh, got a vinyl release over there on black vinyl and over here on red vinyl. So not sure how many they pressed, but it was not too many at the time. Yeah, that was a time when vinyl wasn't getting pressed too often, right? The, the, no, the- no, and especially domestic, like like it was unusual to have... a lot of things were coming out on the on the import vinyl, like like "Babes in Toyland," Fontanel. That came out on import vinyl, but to get the domestic uh, vinyl, that was special. So they did a they did <laughs> Irma. <laughs> Jesus! Wow! Wow! She
0: said, "Vinyl schminal!"
3: Wow!
0: Smile. <laughs> wow. <I love> her. <laughs> She's an artist. I'm sure it's
3: more attractive to look at. Yeah, her her side, but um. <laughs> All right, Joy, how about we play <laughs> another song?
2: Okay, well, before we play the song, I kind of want to just say what I want to say about this record, because you know, you are crediting me for having the idea to do the show. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I do I do want to say something <laughs> about it. Um I think the reason why this is my favorite one, and I have you know, a few of the other ones. Um, it, it, the, the Muffs in general are just such a straightforward band. I just love that, how the music is very straightforward. Um, sometimes it's really deliciously in your face, like we were talking, and other times it can be very soft and melodic. And, and then the next one is these head-pounding guitars and, and, you know, Roy doing his best Keith Moon, you know, ripping it up. And, and I just... I love that. I love that. And it always seems like everybody is at their 100%. I, you know, we've seen Ronnie all take a nap on stage because he's just giving it all, <laughs> giving it all. <laughs> Mike <My laughs> comes off drenched and of course there's Kim just, you know, 90 miles an hour the whole the whole time. And if I could be a rock star, a girl rock star, I would be just like Kim. I adored her And I miss her so much as a performer. Um, I think she's got one of the top five greatest screams in rock and roll, men and women in that top five. And she would be there. Um, And I guess the thing that really makes me always think of her is that quote that uh, Chrissy Hind had where she said, don't think that sticking your boobs out you know, and trying to look sexy is going to, well, I think she said fuckable, try to look fuckable is going to help you. This is rock and roll. You're in a rock and roll band. It's not fuck me. It's fuck you. And I love that. I, I, everyone says, you like all these angry girl songs and these angry girl groups. And I don't really consider them angry, but just really strong. And that's how Kim always came across to me and also just funny as hell funny as hell but never compromising the fact that she was there to rock your ass off um that said i chose funny face this is one of those ones that is very melodic and softer um and it's got this descending note structure from the get-go right out of the gate that i absolutely love i mean three seconds into the song, I'm like, I'm gonna love this one. Um, And if you notice a lot of, you know, a lot of other songs have that, but not like that. The one that really came to my mind is the song, um, I Can't Reach You by The Who off Who Sell Out." It's got kind of that descending structure. And when that was pointed out to me, it made sense why I love this song so much. I'm a big Who fan. And that's one of the reasons why I asked if she was also a who fan obviously they were a fan of hers because they posted that <laughs> big thing um
3: and thanks for bringing that up I love that too yeah yeah
2: that was I remember I sent you that picture and of course you later you told me like five people had sent you that picture we're <laughs> also at that concert
3: no which don't feel bad about that I couldn't see that enough
2: I, it was, I it finally was got to be
3: at the Hollywood ball yes Jesus. yeah well, that's yeah of course I'll get to performing there yeah. yeah, Soraya and I <laughs> yeah.
2: were like taken to church that night. It was great, but it was so it was so nice to see that and um, one other thing about Funny Face is if you have not seen the YouTube video of Nina Gordon and Louise Post from Rook salt doing this with Kim just an acoustic guitar. It is beautiful it is amazing and when you get to the very end you see kim and her best she she just lets out this like "Ah!" (laughs) at the end of it and it's great and if i can remember when this comes out i'll post a link to that so anyway here's funny face
3: great pick such a good song excellent so waltz Mm -hmm. yeah no we uh that is a oh my god (laughs) Uh, yes we love you she's being (laughs) (laughs) see her nickname's the hellion now you know um yeah that one um that one has always been a uh fan favorite we have done it live on occasion we didn't play it too much but um um No, it's a beautiful song. And I'm glad you pointed that out, Joy, about those kind of songs. I mean, um, there's another one just a game on this record. Like, I mean, we that's why, um, you know, we get we get labeled like a punk band or whatever. Like, I mean, uh, it's a little more going on than than that. But uh, that said, I'm glad I'm so proud that we were able to play punk festivals and play garage festivals and play power pop festivals and kind of. I always thought we could open for anybody, you know, but uh, see what's going on with all this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, and, and I'm glad you pointed out that that version that uh, Nina and Louise and, and Kim do on, um, and I'm glad they released that from their their podcast, which never actually aired.
2: Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, it, it really yeah. showcases how beautiful Kim's voice is. You know, like everyone says, oh, she's got this rasp, and everyone loves the rasp, and I love it too. But she yeah. also can harmonize like nobody's business. And oh, she
3: loves singing harmony. Oh, like, uh, so that, good! That was a big thing she did in um in her the, the in the Pandora's. Um, she loves singing harmonies. Like she, yeah, that was one of her things. So so that was you tell how happy she is in that clip. And then let's face it, singing with Nina and Louise. I mean, you're just gonna sound good, right? I mean, uh, those two the voice of angels all of them all so, of them um, yeah yeah so no love funny face and funny face ended up in a movie called angus uh which was big at the time and it's a very poignant part of the part of the film so i gotta say we had a lot of soundtrack and movie uh appearances over the years and and we it's it's generally like a big part of the film i gotta say like it's not we don't I have a check lot that, that out
4: movie.
3: yeah what there are not a lot where yeah. it's like a brief appearance in like a background of a convenience store or something like mm-hmm. it's it's you know. in Bye Bye Love, Jack Black is playing, um, saying goodbye as a DJ at a party. And it's in there for a long time, like, you know, over a minute, which is a long time in movie minutes, you know, so, um, yeah. It, yeah. And talking about that, I just want to say, when I was talking about a lot of stuff going on this year, we also got tapped to be in a Aaron Spelling produced TV show called Crosstown Traffic um which i have a copy of um and and the the plot involves a stalker stalking kim and uh he's got his lair and he points a gun at her and the police commissioner is tone loke and and you know aaron spelling at the time like melo's I mean, place still my favorite show of all time but you know come on uh and it didn't get picked up so i'm lucky to have a copy of it but um wow yeah i mean what would happen at the time really is like they would they would these places would tap Warner Brothers, you know, and reprise and say, What bands do you have? And they'd get sent like Mudhoney, Babes in Toyland, and us, and we'd get the gig. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> so, yeah. But thanks for picking that song, Joy. That's always a favorite of ours. Too, You're welcome. Even if we didn't it's play it ever worthy,
1: right. very worthy. <laughs> and another Muff song yep. ends up on a new Netflix release, right? With not a Muff's version, but a Muff song with the Netflix show Moxie, right?
3: That's right. It's a, uh, what's well, a Netflix movie. Uh, yeah, it's directed by Amy Poehler and, and, uh, and yeah, us, us and bikini killer, the featured featured songs. So, so that's very nice to, um, see this band of, uh, and, and they got in touch with me a few years ago. They they grew up being Muffs fans. In fact, there's a picture of us playing and you can see the the Linda Linda's, the band of young girls like dancing in the background, like holding hands. It's really sweet. Um, so it's great they got that show that got that gig and, and that and that they let the linda lindas actually do the version you know like they're not just lip syncing to another version they're lip syncing to their their own version so yeah always great to see uh you know come on it, it, us paying attention still i mean it's amazing to me you know right nice, nice. I'll, I'll never get tired of that
1: all right so i picked another face song off blonder and blonder I Need a Face, and um, w- the first chorus or two, the way that Kim sings Face is fairly pleasant, but then as the song progresses, <laughs> the way she pronounces Face gets a little bit stronger, so um, yeah, I, it, it's another one of those songs that j- I just can't get out of my head, so I thought we'd listen to I Need a Face.
3: Roy McDonald right just isolate his track on that one yeah so um
1: (laughs) Ronnie I was wondering because uh the aggression I guess in Kim's voice I hope you didn't have to do that song too many times in the studio because
3: how many times could she record that (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I don't know you know the thing the thing about Kim you know we never canceled a show she never lost her voice on the road like she you know there were times where it worked she'd it didn't feel so great and she would drink the whatever throat coat or whatever things like that um on the road but we never she never lost her voice um on the road and and it's actually like she's not screaming out loud as loud as you as you think And she knew how to make it sound loud on the mic mm-hmm. if that makes any sense um so you know she wasn't just yeah. screaming you know all the time but uh yeah it's quite astounding because you know singers lose their voice you know they don't scream all the time all the time so um yeah that's an amazing thing i also want to point out i'm doing some rare upper neck work on that song if you notice at the end and in the in the the last verse okay i tend (laughs) i tend to play as low as possible at any given moment is my style but uh on that one come on some high notes all right can't hear them that well but uh <laughs> you, you you got a little McCartney on there, yeah. For a bit. No, thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, I love that song. That's a favorite of mine too. And, and and that we still played that one every now and then, you know, to the to the end. Um, it was a fun one to throw in there. Um, and I got to say, the best story about this song and this this illustrates pure Kim. Um, we it was actually our first show with Roy. It was it was April of. Uh, 94 this would have been this was within two days of kurt cobain uh committing suicide okay it was either the day after or the, or the day after that it was no more than two days later and uh kim introduced the song where it's a club lingerie and said uh this songs the songs for kurt cobain it's called i need a face <laughs> it's wow. it's still too soon for that right i mean it's a <laughs> wow oh oh you know what? Wow. okay
2: here's another tie-in though what about the title of the album
3: oh um well uh first off it's always hard to think of a title of a record right we, we never would have a working title it would always be last minute um yeah, that would. Uh, I, I, uh, a couple months later, we did a, uh, a tour of the West Coast uh, to kind of tune up uh, before we recorded, the, before we went in the studio. And um, oh god, here we go again. Here she comes. Um, yes. Um, yeah, and and um, uh, so we played in Seattle. And so yeah, this would have been shortly after that show, so because uh, it was, or maybe you know, within a month or two, it was it was one of the if not the first time Courtney Love was out after, after, uh, Kurt Cobain's death, uh, it was amongst one of her first public appearances. She came to our show, um, for whatever reason in Seattle. And, um, and I remember, you know, she would always kind of, we didn't know her well, but we, we ran in similar circles. Um, and, um, she'd always kind of make cracks sometimes about, you know, cause the girls in our band started wearing baby doll dresses. And, you know, I, if you listen to the music, it doesn't sound the same at all, but, uh,
5: mm-hmm.
3: uh, but you know, we got a girl that screams, but, uh, so she'd make little cracks here and there. And, and, and so after the show in Seattle, we're all kind of talking with people afterwards and, um, I'm the one that heard it. She walked by and Kim had just dyed her hair blonde and, uh, Courtney just kind of walked by and goes blonder and blonder
1: and I heard it
3: and I was like ding <laughs> so there's our title there's our title so
1: so did that ever get back to Courtney that that t- title was influenced um, on
3: knowing Courtney and knowing how on top of everything she is probably we didn't um to be honest I've not not seen her a lot since I mean last time I saw Courtney was in 97, mm. um, at a party for, uh, this band Kanicki that was on Warner brothers who played with Sleater Kenny. And, um, and this is a good story. Uh, the, so those bands played at the Troubadour and the parties at Dan Tanna's Irma, really. Um, and, uh, Courtney walked in, I'm standing there and Courtney's, you know, whatever, saying hi to people. And then she's like, oh, this is Ronnie. He, uh, he used to talk to me when I was fat. No one else would talk to me. Introduced me to her. Uh-huh. And I was like, I shrugged. I'm like, yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> and uh and that night, you know, she actually hung with me a lot that night. And at uh, the end of the night, she gave me a kiss on the lips and I haven't talked to her since. But I I, I think we're fine with Courtney, nice. you know. Nice. Um, so yeah. But she you influenced the
1: title.
3: Yep. Yep. So hey, it's a good title. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. If I can say it right, it's good. Yeah. It's so good.
3: nothing to do with Bob Dylan. A lot of people think that because blonde on blonde but uh you know let them think that's good it's good for people to wonder about stuff
1: wait so speaking of dylan yeah. i understand that there's
3: some connection to a song or two or yeah. the band or yeah they will still go into like just our crazy career category um bob dylan had a radio show for a while called theme music uh theme time radio or something like that you guys probably know about that um and uh he played a muff song on his theme time radio. So it's a great intro. I have a copy of it somewhere. And the theme, every show would have a theme. So the theme of this show was flowers. So he did this great intro where he quotes, God, I want to say it's Keats or some famous poet. You know, he's like, Keats said flowers. You know, that was his way of saying it. Kim Shattuck and the muffs got a different way of putting it. And then they place laying on a bed of roses. Um, Damn. Yeah. So uh, wow. Again, Bob Dylan doesn't. Say, I remember Kim at the time. like he said my name because he said he said Kim Shattuck in the mops. Yeah. So um, Wow. You know. Yeah. Not, not a, we have a lot of good stories like that. Just things, a lot of things happen to us along the way that are just, you know, you know, when we were, when we were. I'll just go back a little bit, just because it's a good story. Uh, when we were, you know, when we signed to Warner Brothers and we were trying to decide what label to put us on, Madonna had started Maverick Records. And they thought maybe we should be on Maverick Records. So Madonna had our demo tape up where she was making Body of Evidence in Oregon. And her manager, Freddie DeMann, came to our practice. Freddie DeMann went on to manage Michael Jackson and, like, anyway, he came to our little practice room and listened to us screaming and playing loud. It's just amazing. So
1: wow yeah all these connections i mean major major artists
0: uh hello nobel laureates yeah hello dylan nobel laureate platinum records all these links <laughs> ronnie barnett you are the man you're it's, the
3: connection you're we're the, the nucleus. we're the kevin bacon of uh whatever this is <laughs> 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 and jeff i don't know if you've noticed
0: but the three of us that own cats, Joy, Ronnie, and myself, all the cats have joined in. I'm convinced Kim Shattuck <laughs> is sending the messages. Hey, hey, go in front of the camera. Go, yeah. it'll be a great joke. No, Can't I think you're right,
3: Cause you know, Ar- Armour doesn't do this usually. Like she's, she's right here too. She's, she's in a mood right now, so. Well, <laughs> but thank you Kim, because you've sent all the
0: cats in front of the screen. So you all need to watch the, the YouTube episode
1: yeah <laughs> yeah <I love> it. <laughs> if my tortoise walks across the screen i don't know i then <laughs> i'm convinced please Man,
0: I'm convinced it yeah was, it was kim yeah
1: all right sorry uh, let's play another tune
0: all right so my pick and uh, we'll talk about it after is red-eyed troll
1: yes Was that Lee Rocker on bass?
3: <laughs> Holy smokes, Ronnie. Hey, Ronnie. That bass. Hey, you know. Um that song, that was, that was one of our, our best live songs throughout our career. Um yeah, and uh, we learned to milk that little pause there and <laughs> do something funny. If you if you saw us live, which I know all you guys did, but um um always look for props and stuff to uh you know to use and just whatever, uh, just talk, you know, I don't know, me, me and Kim talking, I mean, just whatever. But yeah, that song has, it, I mean, that, the bit at the end, I mean, it's just very, very good live, the ending itself, um, yeah, that's great, you know. It, it, and I gotta say, Sarai, this will tie into the, to the uh, Paisley uh, angle of the podcast, um, Sarai, you'd mentioned earlier that Kim had different influences, like, including country, well, I can tell you, Kim didn't sit around listening to Waylon Jennings. You know her her country influence, and what influenced that song is "Call on Me" by the Bangles. Yeah, oh. that was one of her favorite songs. Damn. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so so See,
0: that just that guitar part reminds me of country western song, but I think I'm actually thinking more like Tex-Mex because it's like that (laughs) but these lyrics all right yeah little i know what you say about me what i got is what you want from me and then she goes into (laughs) the best ending ever i don't care what you do to me because i don't like you why can't you see you piece of shit now you fucking jerk you really bore me you stupid girl i love the energy of the song (laughs) love this song but it's like this is what i like about kim's writing is she can literally go for the jugular and then end on this super melodic tip you know yeah. so like she goes you stupid girl and then she moves into this <laughs> this moment where you're like wait what just happened did i just get hit upside the head and you hear this beautiful voice come out and you're like i think i got my ass kicked but i'm not sure yeah. <laughs> So this was the other song that I was,
2: if nobody was going to take it, I was going to maybe switch <laughs> because I love it. It, it, is, it is so exactly what she says, where she just like ripped someone's guts out and then, you know, it's oh, you know, all <laughs> melodic. And then you spoke about how great it is live. The video that Jeff took at the Amoeba show, this is another reason why it's one of my favorites live. Is because at just about the 17 minute mark during this song, Ronnie looks over at me and he goes, Hi Joy. <laughs> and you can see it in the video.
3: <laughs> nice. Ah, I have a poster ah, from that show. There it is. So this beauty. Yeah, and in, in stores where you can see every person watching you in the broad light. <laughs> it's very, it's a little different, but yes. Call on me. So May
1: 24th. So, Joy, we went to the show together. Did you happen to, somebody ripped this off from the wall from Amoeba. Was that you? No. <laughs> I don't know how we got these. It. So, I don't know if Chris got it for us or. He
2: must
3: have.
1: Greg got it. I wouldn't have done that. I'm too self-conscious about pulling stuff from the walls that doesn't belong. I'll take, it me. I'll it take the me. credit.
3: I'll take the credit on that. Ronnie I, I did, did it for
1: it. you, Jeff. Yeah.
3: Okay. Thanks, uh, Ronnie. I appreciate um, it. I want to say, uh, unlike Nina, this one is ac- actually about a person, and um, it's about uh, someone, someone I dated, and um, uh, an altercation happened. And I remember Kim saying she looked up at me, and she was like a red-eyed troll. Um, wow! <laughs> Ooh. wow. Yeah. Ooh,
2: I might, I might have a guess, but I'll, I won't so, do it publicly.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, everybody everybody uh, became friends and stuff so uh, all 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 good um but yeah a lot of kim songs wow. are about uh, not liking people or things or <laughs> and, uh, which i love and i gotta say as far as movies this one figures prominently in a movie called national lampoon senior trip what? tommy chong tommy chong is driving a school bus and red eye Troll, again is in it for like over a minute um <laughs> not the not the most high profile film of all time but Tommy Chong folks all right wow yeah wow They're and nice. Tommy and Tommy Chong introduced us at a festival in Canada 2 years before by the way and uh we took a picture we took picture with him and uh me and Jim Mosbius got to grill him about Cheech and Chong products and you know the candle on the wedding album you know the insert and stuff so <laughs> wow. yeah you need to dig to
2: that out it. and post it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't yeah. seen that picture, so you okay. haven't posted it.
3: Yeah, there's a, there, yeah, there's a couple. I, I, I posted it, but it's been a while. I could repost it at this point.
1: Hey, Ronnie, and, I got a question yeah. for you. Yeah. About, about blonder and blonder. Since I've spent the last three weeks of my life working on graphic design for our CD, the graphic designer on this, Jerry Hayden, is that who did this?
3: Yes, Jeff. I'm glad you brought up Jerry. Jerry Jerry Heiden, um is a giant in the uh, in the art direction world. She was a she was the head of the art department at Warner Brothers. That was a great another great thing about the being on the major label. You would get like eight grand for just artwork budget, you know. Um, uh, and Jerry was the Jerry was the head of the department. We are lucky to work with her. She if you look her up, she still works on major projects. But she did things like Madonna records and and and. Before us, she did Van Halen's *Balance* record, which she did other Van Halen records too. But um, I remember her joking about about, um, them insisting on using Valerie Bertinelli's like brother's uh, photography. Like, there's a uh, there's a picture inside of an egg balancing on Eddie's guitar. Like, she's like, "Yeah, I had to use this." Uh, So we we really got along well with Jerry. But just um, no, Jerry's done like Eagles, Don Henley. I mean, just just everything and continue to work. And and she's done tons of iconic covers that everyone watching this would know and be like, holy, excuse my expression, holy fuck, she did that cover, you know, so, you know, Madonna's Vogue, Madonna's You Can Dance, Madonna's, you know, erotica, yeah, everything, you know, Tom Petty, she did all the Tom Petty, Warner Brothers stuff, continues to do those Tom Petty reissues, Um, so it it was a great honor to work with, with Jerry, and, um, and, um, even to skip ahead to Happy Birthday, we work with a uh, someone named Chris. A uh, 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 someone. We work with a great, a great lady named Christine Cano, who did the Johnny Cash American recordings, all those covers and stuff. She did yeah. Johnny Cash right before us. You know, it's amazing to sit in an art department office and just see the latest project in a folder, and it's Johnny Cash. And she told us things like, wow. uh, Johnny Cash. His only thing he said was no, no pictures from behind. He didn't want to show the balls, but. Oh, I can, I, I can relate to that. Um. Yeah, I was, I was gonna
2: say <laughs> Well, I got a story for that too, but I won't. <laughs> <Go in
3: there>. <laughs>
1: Jesus. <laughs> That's for the, the after hours. That's after, hours. after yeah. yeah.
3: That's when sweet, we go blue. Sweet. After hours. Yeah, but just, yeah, all, all things, to, to work with such great people in all aspects of this record, I mean, um, it, it you know, a true blessing. And, um, you know, and people are always like, well, you know, you spend all that money, you know, you gotta pay it back. Yeah, but you know, the, the major label system isn't built to where you're going to necessarily get that money anyway, you know, like, so you may as well use them like a big bank and spend it all. And, you know, have this, have this thing exist that looks and sounds great. So yes. that's my take yeah. on it. And if you're going to start, right. if you, if you're going to start selling records enough to make money, then then that's all going to pay for itself. anyway. So.
1: And I love the cover, it's a great cover.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, guys- yeah, we, we worked uh, with a, a, a fashion photographer on that. Like, you know, somebody who shot things for Vogue magazine and stuff. Uh, Alberto Tallet, I think is his name. But um, yeah, the pro, yep, he did that nice. one too. Um, he made us look nice,
1: so. Yeah. Was it hard? It wasn't hard. Yeah. Not
3: was
1: yep. Yeah. All right, Joy, I think you're gonna take us on a different turn for our last song.
2: I am, yeah, so remember how I mentioned that she's in my top five rock and roll screamers? The next one I picked, it's that one right out of the gate. Um, (laughs) And then I also mentioned the Chrissy Hine quote, and I have to say that our mutual friend, Pat Thomas posted that not too long ago and uh, he pointed out, <laughs> he pointed out that he probably has the most pure relationship with Ronnie out of all of us. And that's because, <laughs> and that's because he did not live here during the 90s. And he knows Ronnie just for Ronnie and not for oh. the offs. And he wanted me to point that out to you. <laughs> so. he,
3: he points that out to me all the time too.
2: Well, I think he wanted it made public on the podcast. There's a shout out, Patrick. (laughs) All right. So um, the next, the last one that I picked is Ethel My Love. And I love the riff and the pounding bass and the scream right out of the gate. And and again, it kind of reminded me of, um, in talking with people about this, about uh, the song Circles, also by The Who. So that's kind of why, you know, again, I, I... You know, I see it in there, but, you know, maybe not. That riff is, you know, it's not owned or copyrighted. But The question for everybody, and especially you, Ronnie, is what is this about? Is this about a girl who wants a ring? Is it about Ethel Mertz? Is it about Ethel Alcohol? So we'll let you answer that question afterwards.
0: (laughs) All right, Jeffy.
1: Joy, you're not kidding on that opening scream. Holy crap. <laughs>
3: great? She would do that live too, yeah.
1: I'm really interested in what you were saying, Ronnie, about her controlling that scream. That's something that's very interesting to me.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was all on the. It's not like I heard her screaming from across the stage. I know we have amps on and stuff, but uh, yeah. Um, She would explain this to people too because people would always be like, how do you scream like that over and over? And, uh, yeah, it's just controlled and on the mic and, and, and she knew how to make it project big like that. Um, wow. This is a big song for us too. We, we, uh, um, you mentioned Circles, Joy, but I mean, this is just like Garage Rock. This is just a Garage Rock riff, right? Um, yeah. Um, you know, we That's learned- what
2: I meant when I was stumbling all over myself saying that, you know, it's not owned or copyrighted. I realize it appears other places, but I did hear that. Right.
3: Right, yes, Ethel My Love. So Joy, I gotta say, uh, picking who it's about, you, you were right, one of those things was right. You know what, oh. Ethel Mertz? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Ethel Mertz. Yeah, because oh. she says yep.
2: something about Fred also in the lyrics, exactly. but I was like, hmm.
3: Exactly, exactly, Kim was going through a big uh, I Love Lucy phase at the time, and uh, yeah, it's got that line about being your Fred boy yes. or something, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep, Wow. It's about Ethel, Ethel Mertz. Crazy. Yep. <laughs> but uh yeah i uh i think i was starting to say you know we we learned when we learned how to like kind of formulate a live set you know it's like you know you start off with a bang and then you do a couple and then you, and then we would we would arrive on doing like a, a garagey one generally a song four it would either be like ethel or it would be i, I need you uh-huh. um of course that changed and we ended up closing with ethel a lot too but uh, but uh we learned that spot a garagey Kind of rave up slow burn um and again we we learned to kind of stretch out the metals and make them every every performance of it special in its own way we we any of that stuff you saw us do where roy's messing around and you know that was all off the cuff um you know i'm not saying we're like the grateful dead but you know we we we, we did our thing and, and and every every performance that was special. so yeah, Ethel was like a great song for the set, you know? So. Love it. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so
1: Omnivore re- released, re-released it, right, on vinyl. And that's where Joy and I went to see when you were promoting that at the Amoeba show. And then you yeah. guys did another show that I went to at the Casbah promoting it, record release for it. Um, am, am I correct that they're going to repress it? Is that Did I hear that? Re-
3: yeah. In fact, it's just uh, it just – they've just come in this week. I don't know if they're on the site or available yet. But, yeah, um, first pressing on blue vinyl sold out. So, um, this next pressing is on is, – uh, it's on black vinyl. But I'm actually excited about that because I don't have the European one. In fact, I just learned about the European one a couple months ago. So, I didn't think it was on black vinyl ever. So, I was like, look, we all love colored vinyl. It's on co- two different colored vinyls. I'm excited to have it on black vinyl. So, by this time it airs, I'm sure it will be available again. It's been out of print for a few months. Um, that's how records work these days. Things tend to go in and out of print, you know, and availability. And um, this even goes with big records. Rumors by Fleetwood Mac has been unavailable for like three months, you know. Really? But there's not as, there's not enough pressing plants, you know. So so things just kind of availability goes in and out, you know. Um, but yeah, Blonder Blonder is back in print on vinyl, so people can get it again nice um
0: so i want to use um, this opportunity so that ronnie can plug the merch store
3: yes ah that's a good that's a good segue because yeah all this stuff is uh yeah we have a new we finally set up an online um merch store i mean it's it's hard we're not we're not the greatest business people you know it's, it's hard for us to kind of get it together to do this stuff but, but um we hooked up with uh, this this company called fulfillment merch they're on the east coast and um they're great people and 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 we set up a merch store now so you can get must t-shirts because like people have been selling bootleg shirts on ebay i mean probably before kim died but definitely since kim died and 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 all those all those ones you see ads for those t big t-shirt companies they're mainly bootlegs too Mm -hmm. like um i don't want to drop names got to know the exact names i don't want to mess anything up but um yeah somebody sent me some SCD SCTV shirts recently. I look and there's one of Kim, a really horrible one. It's a, it's a bootleg. Yeah, so Aww. So yeah, finally uh people can buy stuff and, and I got one. Yeah, it it's really us. Thank you, Joy. It's really us and yeah, we can we can start you know having new shirts and stuff and 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 So yeah, all the records um we inherited the entire stock of whoopie do our second to last record from 2014, uh, from the former label, which, uh, went under.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so that's available again. Whoopie do was out of, pr- I looked on Discogs; The last one sold for 60 bucks yeah. in January. And there were only three available. So people were trying to get hundred bucks. So what format? Those, uh, go buy it for 15 bucks from us uh, on, vinyl, on vinyl. Oh, so. I see. I
2: don't have it on
0: vinyl. Okay.
3: Yeah. Everything, uh, yeah, everything's back. All so, right.
0: Well, that, you know, my first order yeah. is coming today of official stuff from the site. So now I got to go back and buy whoop-de-doo. Oh, wow. It's
3: actually arriving. Let me know if that ha- I mean, <laughs> If the it first actually shows of. up, That's it's cool. set. I got yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. out for
0: delivery. So. Oh, and nice. Today, nice.
3: What's well, good? Yeah. It's good to know they're, uh, yeah, they're working. It's working well. I haven't heard anything this just happened, I mean, and we had it in the works for months and months and finally, like last week, it's like, okay, we're ready to launch. And I just launched it all of a sudden, you know, that day, same day and there you go.
0: Well, we're gonna um, provide a link um, on our site to share it with uh, new, old and existing fans, Every any fan. Um, so you can go to the site and buy stuff. Don't buy bootleg shirts or other things and also
3: who doesn't want a copy of whoop-de-doo on vinyl <laughs> exactly <laughs> right and all the the reissues the on the reissues are up there and no holiday and everything too. so Perfect. just you know if we could get the rights for alert today we would reissue that next you know but um i don't know one thing I was- um i just want to add too since uh, this song didn't get picked the song on and on is very special to us too like that's another one we played every gig um and that shows are just pure power pop side. I mean that I think that song's like not even two minutes. I think it's a minute fifty. One forty five. Like we said before. Yeah, one forty five. It's got all those got all the parts. No, no fat, but you wouldn't want it to be anymore. And we always loved on and on. We so we played that song every show. So was and it
0: yeah. Oh Nina, On and On and Sad Tomorrow that were the three fan favorites played at every show?
3: Yes, and, I have an down agony, to ask. Yeah, agony is not far behind there too. We basically played agony almost every show too. But, but uh, agony um, with that that big rave up, big ending, can only really be an opener or a closer. Right. So, um, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, again, I, I I'm not saying I'm in the band, so it's hard for me to say. I mean. It's pretty solid song-wise. I mean, "Won't Come Out to Play" was a great song to play live. Me and Kim, I I can't sing, but I had to kind of fill the role uh, when we became a three-piece. And i um, but "Won't Come Out to Play." You talk about Kim singing harmonies; she made me sound passable on that song when we do it live. So, I really love "Won't Come Out to Play" too. Again, that's another power pop,
2: so good you know,
3: song. Yeah, so. Yeah, I I don't want to disparage any song on here. There's one here I'm not that crazy about, but a lot of people are, so, yeah, there you go. It's a great album. (laughs) It's one that's two chords. I'll let you figure it out. It's one that's two chords towards the end. (laughs) But again, a lot of people like it, so who am I to say?
1: I don't know. I can't figure it out. I'm confused. (laughs) (laughs) I'll figure it out, though. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) But this is a great album. Ronnie, it, do you have a personal favorite of yours? Um, Joy and I have already mentioned that this is our personal favorite from the month.
3: Album-wise? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, um, and I can speak for all three of us Um, because we would always say it. Our, our personal favorite is the next one is, is happy birthday to me. Um Just song-wise and everything. I mean, but I mean, again, I, I can't, I'm not, I'm not putting this one down at all. I love this one too. And I understand why it, you know, largely defines us, you know, I, I get it, but um, happy birthday to me. I, I, it's just more special to all of us. And um, that
2: would be my next favorite too. I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's a, such a great album too.
3: It's a kind of a shame. I mean, we got dropped literally two months after it came out, but um, uh, you know, again that one we were left on our own Rob Rob Cavallo got so busy that like that one's produced by the muffs meaning produced by Kim um and uh Rob kind of checked in every now and then but uh you know that's that's the one where we really did everything we wanted and 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 I think song the songs are really special on that one and um you know the cover it was our first cover that not it was only our third record it was our first cover where we weren't on the cover um You know, we're on the cover of most of our records. Um, But, uh, and that's an interesting story. I mentioned Christine uh, that did the graphic design. We're looking at photograph, we're looking for photographers. And we just came across that image. Um, Excuse me. It's the COVID test, up the nose. Um, I'm all sniffly now. Um, uh, We're looking through this book and, um, uh, oh God, I'm going to forget his name. Michael anyway the photographer we just found that photo we just came across that photo of that elephant and um just all we're all just like that's the cover and it turned out he's the same photographer who shot the cover of all shook down by the replacements i can see Uh, that that. yeah yeah black and white shot with the dogs yeah 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 so which i which i didn't learn until we did the reissue a few years ago i went all the time without knowing it was the same photographer so i was blown away just like you or any fan person would be and um also i mean not that i'm just saying this because we're not doing an episode about happy birthday but uh the graphics all the all the old advertising stuff uh like on the back and the in the inner inner booklet um that was a guy who worked in advertising again i can't remember his name um like in the 50s and, and maybe even the 40s he was like wow submitted his portfolio same deal to warner brothers you know for other work and we just found all this existing work that we just appropriated and used in our in our package and and that's some of the most special you know defining graphics like like when people have muffs tattoos it's generally that little angel on the back Mm. um that was this guy's design and um so yeah uh again blessed to work and have things just fall into place and 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 things were everything was so easy and organic you know that that first you know 10 years at least I mean everything was just we just followed a path it was like we're like on a on a stream just kind of going down the stream and we just it's just taking us here and there and doing this and that and and you know it it, it really is special and, and I I'm glad I was I was I recognized it at the time. I recognized it more at the end of our career, how special all this was. Um, but I, I was able to take it in at the time and appreciate it and not take it for granted. Um, you know, kind of stuff doesn't happen to everybody. So, no. no, and that goes for our relationship, the three of us. I mean, you know, a lot of bands called a family. We really were a family. I mean, um, yeah, there, there were fights, but yeah, we would always end up hugging each other at the end. And, and, and you know, it's hard to, as as most musicians will tell you it's hard to you got to get along on all these different levels musical personal whatever um and and we did and we all loved each other and and it was special and i'd like to think you can tell yeah you can you, when you hear these when you hear our records yeah so and live you can tell and i, I think you could i think you could tell live i mean we uh i talked about this before but yeah the rapport with a uh, me and kim talking and then you know even making fun of roy you know using roy as a prop <laughs> You know for jokes it all worked it was all special we never said the same things twice you know we we, we always just played off each other some nights we were funnier than others but but i'd like to think we we hit most nights and, and we did most, especially at the end of our career our last our last 10 years we we you know i judge our shows by how how funny and entertaining we were talking you know <laughs> <laughs> And in so. between all that stuff, you played a few songs, right? <laughs> and in between that, yeah, we'd have to play songs. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we set up our, our our. If you look at our set list, you'll see lines, and basically it's like blocks of four songs. Line that line means take a break, and talk, and obviously that happened. You know, obviously when you break a string, you'd stop too. But uh that's generally you know we try to be like the Ramones for four songs, just barrel through them, and uh, and then have our little breaks. Nice. So yeah. That was a good way to do it. Yes, good way. It, it worked for us. Yeah, I, I don't know how we arrived on that early on. But we wanted to kind of play a bunch of songs in a row, you know, in in blocks, and yeah, again, it, it just all it just all evolved um, organically, you know. So awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, very cool, Ronnie. I thank you so much for coming on the show and who knew it was going to turn out to be a Pussy Riot episode, but (laughs) taking over.
3: I can see the comments now. More cats, please. (laughs) Less of your faces. Oh my God.
0: But Ronnie, thank you so much. And thank you, Joy, for the idea and for uh, coming on as the guest host. This is a great album. You're welcome. And, uh, if you don't have it already in your collection, go to the Mupp's official merch site and get
3: yourself one. It's never gone out of print. I'm really proud of that, too. It never, even before Omnivore reissued, did these deluxe reissues, they were, it was always available on Warner Brothers. So I mean, um, the, how, how amazing is that? Sorry, I keep kind of toot my own horn here. But you know, this stuff is special. It's very special. <laughs> Extremely. Shoot most, away, most <laughs> Most, most of the things went out of print from our same era. You know what I mean? Those bands I mentioned before, and, you know, so we steadily, you know, we had this kind of steady career and, and you know, I, I, I'm i proud of that. Maybe if we'd had a big hit, maybe we said was a big hit. Maybe we wouldn't have lasted as long, you know, because after you have a big hit, then people expect more big hits and then you're trying to chasing the big hit. And then you implode. And that was never gonna work. Yeah, that that kind of thing was never gonna work with Kim anyway. She's she didn't take direction well, and in fact, if you gave her direction, she would she would go the opposite way. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: My kindred spirit.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was she was special. Oh, agreed, agreed. But uh, thanks, Joy. Thanks, Jeff. You're thanks, Shariya. Thanks, everybody.
1: Thanks, Ronnie. I re- appreciate always, it
2: good to see you we need
3: to go to practice again yeah yeah we'll do it we'll do it every, everything's everything's going on a nice timeline now so we'll all we'll all be vaccinated soon Fingers. yep, yep. It, it'll happen soon absolutely it'll happen soon. so all right all right, all you, right. <laughs> look jeff and so like i say it every time but be nice here we will all right Comment. i know i had to skip away for five <laughs> minutes but you know be that's the nice. stars do we talked some <laughs> shit we did yep i know of course look at the look at the three of you that i'm looking at oh <laughs> what else is gonna happen you know what i'm saying
2: yeah we know exactly what you're saying
3: <laughs> all right, y'all. All right. Love, love love all you, you All right, y'all. love you guys
1: all
0: right
3: bye. bye y'all bye
0: bye love it when that texan accent comes out
1: yes yes it's perfect yeah that's very cool
0: all right well then, Jeff. Should we end it?
1: Sure. But um, yes, Joy. Thank you so much. That was. I'm glad that you mentioned that. What a great album this was, and it, that it would definitely be one that we'd want to focus on for sure.
2: Yeah, I just barely remember that too. But, it was a while you know, ago. I'll take all the credit. Yeah, I guess it was, we, we it was a
1: while ago. But...
0: For for posterity, it comes up. Yeah. And i think ronnie yeah, gave us right. an idea to do happy birthday to me yeah. and I maybe know. for that one we'd have to try and reach out to the one and only
1: roy mcdonald Roy. so we keep a list of the episodes that we want to do so <laughs> our list is pretty our list is pretty long but that's it's been on there for a while yeah so.
2: oh good well, yeah i got a really good favorite song on that one okay
0: Ooh. all right i think we've got we've got uh, a new idea but we can't credit it to anyone other than ronnie barnett
2: ronnie yeah him.
0: maybe maybe okay. between his recording of tv shows and the like he'll hollywood he's still hollywood now if he has, time, he has time for us see. all right good all right thank you so much love you bye. Bye. bye
1: bye
0: jeff this was a great episode
1: agreed
0: and I'm just constantly amazed by what the band did on Blonder and Blonder. Yes. Um, they they gave a lot in, you know, handful of songs. They gave fans a lot in terms of influence and um, style and it's a great album to have. And one of the things that trips me out about Kim Shattuck is Cause I, I used to follow her on Instagram, oh. loyal friend, loyal sister, loyal daughter, and extremely proud auntie. So like, and, and I mean, an amazing wife and, you know, she was a big baseball fan her and her husband, Kevin, and she was a big Dodger fan. So I would see pieces of her life, you know, and you just, and she just seemed sweet and, just welcoming and a very good friend right and then you yes. see her musical output really diligent loved what she did was a very good songwriter yes. and man that chick could howl so you go yes. <laughs> That is, she's like every other person on earth where we all have these dimensions and it's not until you start to get to know them a little bit and i mean you and, we got to know her as a musician where you start to see all these parts of her and uh them as a trio and it's exemplified on this album are so strong yeah so amazing
1: agreed agreed
0: i don't want to stop talking about the album but No, 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 no. no. All right. So, mi gente, agroviar.
1: Groove on, Paisley people.
2: Yeah, the guy's like well hung or something.